I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And we are on location today with one of our newest neighbors here in North County, San Diego, Epic Brewing. Epic Brewing, established in 1866, reinvented in 2016. Epic Brewing, award-winning craft brewery in San Diego County. Team resurrected the Epic Brewing legacy 150. And 50 years after the establishment of the family's first brewery in Brooklyn, New York. And I'm sure we're going to hear more about that. Brothers Joseph and Leonard Epic established a brewing empire, which excelled through the early 1900s and discreetly endured the trials and tribulations of prohibition and somehow ended up here, our neighbors in Vista, California, North San Diego County. So we're delighted to be here with our host, Clayton LeBlanc. Hey guys, how are you today? Hey. Great, thanks for having us. You bet, man. I'm excited for you to be here. Yeah, we're very excited for to be here. Very great facility here. Um, would recommend everybody come check it out. Uh, but to, to get a little to know a little bit more about you and, and uh, Epic, can you kind of give us a little background on you and how you got into brewing? Yeah, sure. Um, short story long, I uh, was trying to get into dental school. I was taking all these science classes uh, at City College downtown. I'd gone to college much many years ago and had a sales job when I moved out here and uh, decided I, I want to own my own business, I think. And uh, I figured if I tried really hard, I could barely not fail out of <laughs> dental school. And uh, while I was taking those classes, I just needed a more flexible schedule. I got a job at Carl Strauss downtown, right on, uh, on uh, Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, my lady friend worked there, and she helped get me a job. I've been waiting tables my whole life. Always so this is circa... This is 05. Okay. 05. And um, kind of started falling in love as I worked there. I was taking the classes. I was applying to school. I got waitlisted. And long story short, I was like, you know, maybe a brew pub is an answer as I was moving through these classes. And, and it was, you know, the budgets were tight back then, and I was not getting into classes. So I got a job at Ballast Point, and I said, maybe I can learn a little bit about brewing and potentially go into business with friends or family to open a brew pub, which all this sounds super convoluted at this point in 2000 or in 2020 but in 05 like that was still a potentially real real path to go down side note to listeners anytime you're at crossroads in life that's saying maybe a brew pub is the answer yeah. it probably is why not in yeah. one way or another clayton, was, clayton didn't know what it's, it's pretty easy doing. um <laughs> so uh, i started but i said i need to learn about this uh, i know i have the aptitude to do it so let's get in there and i started very much at the bottom bottling line eight bucks an hour uh, basically paid out of my savings to work there because we'd already rented a house and me and my significant other and we were living there and I was like well uh, let's see how, what I can learn in, in a few short months uh, because the company Ballast Point was growing so fast at the time I, like I said I think I was employee 42 now they'd had more employees than that but in at that right time at that in time. 2012 um, by the time I got there it was um, uh, growing so rapidly by the next week after me being there I was training other people and then wow. the week after that, I was training the people, training people, and, and, and not because I'm some gift to right. the business. It was 
necessary. Hey, they were in dental school. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I was very Come adjacent on. to dental school. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And you, anytime something's really, really hard and you're struggling and day to day brutal work, you, you know, you, you're endeared to the people next to you if you don't give up, and, and they endear themselves to you, and, and it becomes really, really a great team. Uh, so I really fell in love with that. I love all the guys and girls that we worked with. And so I just kept moving forward, and uh, I think seven months later I was promoted to brewer, and a pretty, pretty much my boss told me straight out, he was like, you have no business being a brewer, but you're, <laughs> at, at that time you were the only one who showed up on time <laughs> and said yes to every shit sandwich that we threw to you. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this, yeah, but every, every uh, 2D sandwich that, no, no, it, that comes in your direction. <laughs> and uh, I, that was a choice I made. I was like, I'm, I don't know anything about this business. I'm going to not try and tell people who are smarter than me what what they should be doing, and, and I just it took me to being thirty something to to have that mindset. I wouldn't have been where I am now if I had done this at twenty five. Gotcha. Although I wish right. I had done this at twenty five. That, <laughs> yeah, right, that, right, that right. kid, that kid couldn't have, <laughs> couldn't have done this because right. you know, I wasn't mentally ready. Sure. I would have stayed up too late. I would have find excuse yeah. to party on the weekend and not be dedicated so I found the sweet spot of, of like finding my known then what you know now that adult <laughs> maturity that yeah. came with like you know learning stuff the hard way a few times unfortunately I, I'm the first one to say I don't learn anything from anyone else's experience I always learn it the hard way yeah. um, <laughs> and that makes me smarter and go I should learn from other people's experience <laughs> which I'm better at now than I was then so um after brewing there for several years, it, you know, the dream really, really turned. I was like, hey, I, I had a boss. I had a boss come to me and say, Clay, what do you want to do? And, you know, like, you, you don't have the, you, you know, you didn't come from UC Davis and, and, and get the talented, you know, degree. Right. But, like, you have the functional knowledge to be able to help help run a place. And I was like, I think I want to run my own my own business. And um, I, Coincidentally, this all happened as I met Todd Warshaw and Stephanie Epig. Um, who were soon to be married at the time, and through a mutual friend, and she told me the, her family story, which is kind of what you guys touched on in the beginning. Right. Her family's moved from Bavaria to Brooklyn. They were brewers. They opened lager breweries. They were s- successful for seventy years, seven zero, all the way to and through <laughs> Prohibition. How did they do that? Well, that's really an engaging story. That you know, you, you deal with the mob basically. You make non-alcoholic beer during Prohibition. Which means you boil off alcohol. So you make you make beer and then you and then you turn it into non-alcoholic beer. Um, but maybe some kegs go out the back door. Maybe a lot maybe, of kegs maybe, go out yeah, the back fall door. Off the back of a truck. And in you know in hindsight, it's very black and white. Well, this people were doing business with the mob. And well, really, the truth is, these are your friends and your neighbors. We're talking Brooklyn, New York. Right. Yeah, yeah. These aren't strangers. Like you're you're in a crowded street. If there's eight boys and girls in your family, someone's in the mob. Like it's just <laughs> or, or adjacent or mob adjacent or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about families at the same time. So absolutely. Epic Brewing has that that holy American story. Uh, epitome of great craft brewing family oriented tied to traditions making new waves great beers and mob ties <laughs> i think it's pretty much everybody's story um, so she you know stephanie tells us that story and I, and I go that's just too good to be true nathan uh nate stevens the other the other brewer the guy who's running r&d for ballast at little italy um is a buddy of mine and we are all feeling the pinch um you know what's going to go on with this company we're going really fast i'm not sure what that's going to leave for all of us i knew that all my bosses were kind of younger than me and that's not a slight on anybody they yeah, were lucky but... enough to get you know did the work to get promoted and i was like hmm i my you know 
five or a year younger than me boss who's been just with the company longer, I was like, why would that person ever leave? Right. So is there an avenue for me to go? No. Well, that's more of a motivation. Maybe I should look harder at this brew pub thing. This story comes up with Stephanie and Todd. I pitch it to, I pitch it to Nate, and he's sort of like, yeah, my, my whole goal was to someday have my own brew pub yeah. at the same time. Cause that, Maybe a brew cause, pub's the answer. Because back when we used to call it uh, uh, microbreweries, right. you know, <laughs> it was all about having a, a pizza place that was a brew pub and, and you know, living the dream, making 10 barrels at a time. So... Um, kind of that all came together and then we woke up on a December morning I swear it's the December 15th in 2015 I roll over and whatever my Motorola flip phone whatever it was back then uh, Ballasted, Ballast Point had sold to uh, Constellation and uh, you know just the spidey sense goes oh wow that's interesting we didn't know that was coming that worries me because it's the unknown you Not don't know exactly. what's going to happen the, the truth is in hindsight nothing changed for almost the next year before we left. We left in August of the next year. But that morning, I woke up and I called Todd. And at that point, we were like an idea on a napkin. Let's get going. And I said, I think we should put the throttle down on this. You were at a crossroads and you thought, maybe a brew pub's the answer. Maybe a brew pub's the answer. (laughs) And I I don't think 25-year-old Clayton would have thought a brew pub's the answer. I think he would have thought, we should probably go to happy hour (laughs) for breakfast. For breakfast. So, yeah, so we um, put the throttle down, and we left in August that next year in 2016, and we opened the rebirth of Epic uh, in North Park on uh, Elkhorn Boulevard in November of 2016. Fantastic. So that's a great origin story, and so I guess some of the things, you know, in your path in terms of that and getting to there, what are some of the obstacles and successes that kind of helped define that initial period of Epic? Say that again. So kind of some of the <laughs> obstacles, I guess, that you guys saw in terms of challenges. making that transition, challenges in making that transition yeah. from working for Ballast Point to opening up that facility in, in North Park. Sure, there's more than yeah. one and, challenge. And then obviously the successes that have yeah. enabled you now to kind of come to here. I like that question better. Thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, truthfully, when we knew we wanted to do it, one of the biggest, biggest bold-faced challenges of breweries is that it's very capital intensive. The equipment costs a lot of money. The builds out costs a lot of money. We were planning on a very small brewery, and we were going to have to raise money. Uh, one of the challenges that brewers themselves find is uh, we're typically pretty blue-collar people, and we don't, most of us don't come from a lot of dough. Um, so you can ask friends and family, but if, if, if you feel lucky, they can, they can chip in. Right. You know, maybe a few thousand bucks here and there amongst your friends. Wait, right. the mob. The mob's like, got money. Like, <laughs> the mob is the, the way to go. But the points will get you. Yeah, um, right. the, the, um, so here we are trying to figure it out. We go, okay, are we going to sell half this company before, are we going to sell half the company to potential investors? Because we think our story's good. Right. We think the history of, our, uh, of, the, of the story is good. We think that um, our resumes, Nathan and I, as, as, as pro brewers, like that, that's a little bit of a, a, a thing that doesn't, wasn't really existing at the time. Right. But then along comes a program by a local uh, real estate holding company called H.G. Fenton called Brewery Igniter. And they said, hey, we're going to have these, um, as they said, turnkey production facilities built in small facilities. And you can just move in and the rent's going to be, you know, not inconsiderable, but you don't have to invest a million bucks in a brewery. And we didn't have a million bucks. So (laughs) high rent seemed like a good idea at the time. In hindsight, I'm glad we did that. The most important part of all of that, and there were a lot of challenges that came with that experience, and a lot of that was new, new ownership, right. was that we 
instead of waiting and raising the money, it probably would have taken us an additional year to mm. open. We were able to open. You know, we 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 got Dallas got sold in December 2015. I think we signed a lease in in maybe April or May of of uh, 2016, and the place was built over the summer while I was working. And we were able to move move right in nice. and, and brew, like brew right away. And by being in early, we actually had some say, not so much on the layout because those plans are pre-approved, but little tweaks. How many plugs are in the walls? <laughs> right. uh, where the hose bibs are? Right. Little things that you wouldn't imagine, but, but they make you, a big difference. If you yeah. moved in later and yeah. all of a sudden the hose bib was put <laughs> closest to the street because that's right. where the water is, right. we were able to tweak some of that stuff to, to kind of massage our space to, to fit us best. So. Um, that alleviated some of those challenges uh, in some ways to get in there. Uh, the other challenges were, because it's that program, we really only could afford so much square footage. Right. And, and that, it's tight. You know, it, Space is always at a premium. We don't live in Kansas where everything is 35 cents a foot. Right. You know, so. That's where the, isn't that where the Kansas City Chiefs are from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how they can afford such a good team. Troublemaker. Yeah. It only took them another, what, 50 years, 30 years, whatever it's. That's 50. <laughs> well, San Diego's got a lot of breweries. What's unique about Epic? What, what's unique about coming to this brewery, and what's unique about working here at Epic? Yeah, we are we're definitely, uh, I guess, an embarrassment of riches in San Diego for, for good breweries. I'm lucky enough to have friends that work at other breweries that I like to go drink at, too. When you get to come here, though, I think what was able to get us off the ground very quickly is that um, for the consumer, the beer was good right away. Yeah. We were lucky enough not to have a wind-up period. And again, not because we were so brilliant, but we did that work already for somebody else. Yeah, you, were able to train. you brought the experience in, yeah. I always think of somebody who might be, um, maybe somebody who's um, like in the military and, and, and they get to learn a trade uh, there. And then when they get out there, kind of ready to go in yeah. a sense. So um, there was a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, sweat and tears. But I got to do it with the training of people who had done it already, who were better than me at it. And so when we opened, we were able, we literally worked on a piece of equipment that H.G. Fenton put mm-hmm. in. We'd right. seen that equipment before. Um, so, the, so the learning curve was a lot, yeah. a lot quicker as it, far as and, getting... You know, we didn't leave some other... Nate had left engineering but a couple of years before and then had brewed for right. a couple of years. So when we walked into the brew, it was like, it was like we were going to do a collab right. at somebody else's brewery. So we just brewed our own beer. Right. We hit all our numbers the first day, and I was like, oh, maybe this won't be so bad, <laughs> you know? Right. And what do you hope when people come visit? What do you, what do you hope their experience yeah. is like when they're here? Well, uh, we are... We've been very lucky after opening in North Park that the reputation for us was good enough that I was able to hire really good staff. When they get to come in, um, our bartenders are really, really knowledgeable, and that enables people to ask questions about beer deeper than just one layer. Often someone might know um, what IPA is in this hop, and that's a good place. And if you don't, you know, your people should know at least that um, because we have educated people in San Diego who are coming to drink craft beer at your locations. But then they go, okay, great. It has, you know, it has a mosaic in it. What does that impart? You know, because I don't know what mosaic mm-hmm. is. And our bartenders are, the, are are experienced enough that they can share that with them. And then when you finally get a glass of beer in people's hands, the overriding flavors that we kind of shoot for are approachability through clean and crisp and dry flavors. Uh, we do have some that step out of line with that, but the. Uh, drinkability is like a bad word that has kind of been bastardized by some of the big big companies. But there's something to be said for a lot of our styles that stem from German German deriv- derivative beers. 
there's a reason they drink beer garden style beers right, that right. are Pil Pilsners, Helles, even even Hefeweizen to go a right. different direction, um, uh, Dunkels, Schwartz beers, uh, which isn't the only thing we make, but that was the thing that was really making us different when we opened. And those beers are the kind of beers that you and I, we can all sit here and, and talk. On a, on a work night, we can have a, have one or two of them and yeah. still go home and feel like we're well, okay and get say, up the next morning. Well, I have right? to say, yeah. in addition to the fantastic lineup of beers, but I mean, just to bring the bring your spouse. We're sitting by a fire. We're watching the sunset right now. It's just a really you know nice, comfortable atmosphere while you're having a beer. And I'll give a shout out to that Swartz beer because I yeah. had that when I came yeah. in. That was fantastic. And those are hard to find. Yeah, yeah. You don't see those every day. They don't exactly fly off the shelf at your local Hooters, but um, <laughs> but they at, should, at yeah. a brewery, um, <laughs> that that's one. If you you talk to your brewer friends. You know, those are the those are the beers that uh, a brewer from another brewery will be drinking. You know, we'll we'll make what the bosses say. Or right. In our case, right. we're lucky we're lucky enough to make what kind of what we want over here. But um, if they're making a beer that maybe is not their favorite, they're going to seek out Zwickel beers, uh, clean clean crisp uh, Pilsner style beers, Schwartz beers. Right. Uh, those are the beers that a lot of brewers are drinking, and I think that's helping with those popularity. The lager thing yeah. is on the upswing, mm -hmm. on the uptick. Um, it's not just about how much flavor can I punch you in the face with. Right. It's about you know the subtleties and, and the complexity yep. of the beer. Back yep. to craft. So yeah, back to the craft. Uh, yeah, actually, you're probably right. That's really what it is. You're bringing yeah. some of the craft back. And we, we've heard from some breweries too. For the loggers, there's the time component of it. How much of your space is going to be used up sitting on a logger when you could be pumping out the IPAs? And you've, you've created a situation where you have the luxury um, yep. to be able to do a little of everything. That, that definitely is a factor, and, and we, I won't say that we have all the answers, but by building this place here in, in Vista, we're going from 1,800 square foot to uh, 16,000 square foot. Um, if you accept early on that you know, those are the choices you're making, we're going to make lagers. So that beer is going to be in the tank for four, weeks instead, four or five weeks instead of, instead of uh, you know, maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks uh, for, for some sort of ale. And you plan from the beginning. When we put together the budget here, it was in we picked the amount of tanks that we thought, at least initially, that we were able to make those loggers. So in a sense, you have something sitting for twice as long, well, the, our capital investment will be greater than an equivalent ale brewery because we are choosing to make loggers and they are going to sit longer. Are we good at it? Some people say yes. Okay, so let's go down that road and let's collectively accept that we're going to have to add more tanks to make the same amount of beer as an equivalently, equivalently sized ale brewery. Um, <laughs> When you know, big, 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 big breweries in Germany have been doing it for a long, long time. <laughs> they figured it out. They go, you know, the tank pretty much pays for itself after one or two times. So, <laughs> yeah, just buy the tank. Yeah. You know, buy. And we have the square footage here to carry that on, at least for the foreseeable future. So, if, if someone's coming here for the first time, I mean, I think you've touched on a couple of years, but what are what are some of your core beers, and what are things that people yeah. have to try? Yeah. Well, um, we did. We've definitely kind of touched on a bunch of the loggers. You know, remember we worked at Ballast Point, the house that IPA built. Right. You know, I probably made, at the time, more sculpting than anyone on the face of the planet. And, and then, you know, they've gone on and made much more since then, of course. But um, we know how to make really good IPA. Cheers to the Denver. Yeah. There we so go. <laughs> 1045 to Denver IPA is, is our best-selling IPA. It's a really lovely West Coast IPA that I, I will say, I like for an it. inherently imbalanced style, is pretty balanced. It's pretty <laughs> approachable. You get some dankness that we all remember from back in the 05s, the, the Bagby days, or right. big, big, I'm big IPAs. And, yeah. But then there's also kind of like some, some tangerine and kind of orange zest and, and some of the citrus that comes from the, the more modern styles. It's sort of a, our modern take on a West Coast, and I think it's, uh, 
I don't think any seven percent beer is an all-day drinkable beer, but it's no. it's get it's it's certainly closer to that part right. of the spectrum. And so don't we, tell that to our listeners in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. They <laughs> gave us an earful about yeah. don't be afraid of hey, your eight nine I'll percenters. In, I'll put in my water bottle work all day <laughs> long. <laughs> our winners are a little more gentle yeah. than those guys That's out there. Point, though. So uh, I always say, you know, give that beer a try. I think it, I think a lot of people will. Uh, find it to their liking it's fun to go to a brewery and try their strongest stuff or maybe their right. craziest stuff and, and we have some, some things like that as well but when you when you come back to it when you come back to center you're gonna you're gonna fall back on beers that are uh, that are those approachable beers if we're gonna sit here and have more than one right okay we'll try a glass of crazy yeah. and then let's let's, <laughs> let's bring it on back to man i could just like a, a kolsch yeah. you know um, uh, a nice west coast ipa uh, that won't gum up my face for the rest of the rest of the night. I like gummy face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favorite epic beer? Which uh, might might put you on the spot there. But you know what's what? your favorite? I, I know that that question can seem lo- loaded, but I'm so passionate about fest beer. Um, we made fest beer for our first Oktoberfest, and it's a style you don't see here that often. Most people are used to uh, what is quote unquote Oktoberfest beer, which is a Mar- Martin or Meritzen, depending on how you like to pronounce it. That beer tends to is like I'll just say browner or deeper, deeper copper, deeper, deeper orange. Uh, a fest beer is kind of like a, a pilsner on steroids. Mm-hmm. It is um, they call it a Wiesen style beer. It's spelled like Weiss, except the e and the i are inver- inverted. And uh, Wiesen means field, and the field is where Oktoberfest takes place in Munich. So, the head brewer of Spaten in the seventies, nineteen seventies was like, hey guys, for you know, 100 years we've been drinking liters of you know, 6-7% Meriton. And basically, if any of us ever went there to go to Oktoberfest, if you drank one, you were pretty much full right away. We're not quitters, though, so you keep, <laughs> you, you keep, you keep on drinking. Yeah. So the head brewer from Spaten goes to the, the central command of the, the, the beer mob in Germany, <laughs> and they all agree to kind of like lighten it up a little. Now, light's relative. Our fest beer is 6%. Yeah. That's no joke if you're drinking yeah. liters at a time and you're yeah, drinking yeah. for eight hours. Yeah. Again, not quitters. <laughs> so we were able to make a beer that, and I like a Pilsner. It's effervescent. There's a, a high carbonation. It's got a nice snap. It can clean kind of greasy food yeah. off your palate. What if it had those traits but was just a little bit fuller in mouthfeel, a little bit higher in alcohol because Pilsners really should be down like in the like low fives. So at 6%. Um, and... And it it represented something you don't see anywhere, certainly in San Diego at the time and rarely in the United States. First time I drank that beer, I knew I had found my desert island beer. (laughs) And that's saying something in this town. That's saying something in this town with this many great beers and some of the the great beers that I've, I've either made for my old company, made for this company. I could drink fest beer every day for the rest of my life. Um, What I do here is I'll have a sample or a half of something else we've made, and then I always fall back on fest beer. Now, that being said, we're sold out of it. (laughs) I'm just saying. That was my next question. No, but lucky for you, not to to vouch for our own thing, we have Fruling's Fest, which is the uh, spring festival coming up, and we're going to brew a batch of fest beer for the spring Fruling's Festival. Um, Same thing goes on in Munich in the spring. They put on a big festival. We're making one batch, and then the rest we won't make until the end of the summer for, for October. Well, lucky for us, we only live about two miles away, yeah. so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Close on that. So, um, one of the things we haven't really touched 
on, but I, I wanted to give you a second to touch on mm-hmm. your, the other Epic location because I think it's like one of the most beautiful locations for a tasting room uh, in yeah. San Diego. Yeah, it, it definitely. That's a that's an epic story of hard work, lucky. We were looking for a second tasting room. If anyone had been to our original place in North Park, it was it was charming and it was very cozy. But we definitely needed a second place. We looked all over the county and we went through some negotiations some things had fallen through and places we really liked but were in hindsight very very just average but we just wanted to be a place that people would come and hang out with us well then uh todd warshaw our our other partner main partner had you know like walked into a place saw an ad on that had just popped up he was the first guy through the door and they're like oh we were actually thinking a brewery would be yeah. good. So right down on Shelter Island, right. next to Point Loma Seafoods, right next to Mitch's Seafoods, right, around right. the corner from Ketch, right by Shelter Island. So if anyone's ever been down there, he is the best location for a right. beer tasting room yeah. on the face of the planet. I we didn't build there. it, yeah. but we rented it first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll give it how we discovered it was we actually, for my wife's birthday, we did a, a cruise, a sail cruise. And I talked to him about, you know, because they said, well, we have beer flavored beers on on board and yeah we're not beer flavored beers kind of guy and so i said yeah. well what about what do you got for microbrews or craft brews? He goes, well let me tell you we've got this brewery epic right next to us that no, we so have no to deal way. with them you can go up there sail san diego yes yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so he said he goes you'll get the sail san diego growler mm-hmm. so yeah. we did that we went up there we got a bunch of growlers good. and we took it on the cruise and yeah. we had a bunch of beer. Was how much fun is that oh it's that awesome fun, yeah. <laughs> i would recommend that to anybody listening yeah. if you want to have a great day especially that was like september the weather was unbelievable um we we were out there and then we had a bunch of nice good epic skipper that doesn't talk it is if you're in in that area of san diego you have to stop there yeah. um have a beer have a couple beers there and, and if you can get the, the cruise in as well it'd be a great idea um all right so what's next for you guys here at epic um for you know in terms of beers brewery you know what can you tell us that kind of stuff yeah uh, kind of going into the spring and summer here because secrets, secrets. well <laughs> I, I just again i would say you know for us this is our first time here at the at your at your north county facility or yeah. now now is your main facility and it's a it's a phenomenal addition i think to the brewery scene here in, in north san Diego county yeah thank you we're, we're just as excited as everyone else is um again it sort of fell into place after after a lot of a, a lot of uh, hard work to get here but then we got in here and we said hmm i think we've we've got the bones of something really special yeah. so upcoming for us we've got a uh, stark beer fest stark means strong in german so uh, featuring all epic beers coming up in about a month. Nice. And then in the summertime, we've got Lager Legends coming oh, up. Oh, okay. So Lager invitation Legend. only, intimate. Uh, it's a beer festival, but it's not going to be as big as some of the major ones you would right. see. Like uh, Rhythm and Brews is a big one that we're going to do. And that's, how, that's how, coming do, up. how do we get in, Clayton? How do we get in? Well, you're going to you're gonna have you. to get tickets. And this oh, is just okay. in, the, in the planning stages, but we've invited some really, really good breweries oh. from California. It's going to be hopefully right out here next to the brewery in the parking lot. Nice. Um, it'll be all loggers, only loggers with you know food trucks and all that. You get to come check out the facility. Fantastic. Um, also coming up in the spring, we're, we, we've been canning 1045 to Denver, 16-ounce four-packs. Yeah. We're also going to be canning um, another lager shortly. <laughs> Our best-selling lager, I'll say that. That's coming out soon. Cool. And uh, I see some glasses that, that the, our, our listeners can't see. There's a lot of uh, ruby red glasses around, yeah, and we have a lovely Berliner yeah, Weiss that uh, is our kind of our spring seasonal, yeah. s- winter spring seasonal. Award-winning. Award-winning, yeah. yep. Just one. So this beer, this uh, beer is called Glitz and Glam. It just won a silver medal in Germany for Berliner Weiss. That's fantastic. Wow. So, That's pretty good. Y- yeah. You know, it's not Congrats. cool to brag. Yeah. Uh, I'm 
never, I never claimed I'm cool, so yeah. uh, I, I will happily tell you that. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's great. And beer. that it's may good. find its way into a can yeah, shortly, too. So should. there'll be more and more, out, more, and more out in the stores. Yeah. So, so, yeah, a lot of positive things. We're going to just try and utilize this wonderful space we have and, yeah. and uh, brew more beer. Introduce ourselves to just North County. So right. many people have never right. even heard They've of us, which is great. Exactly. Yeah, it's no, great. It is hey, I, if you guys have never been here, people listening, you need to come down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it when I, when I share some special lager, our international pilsner with people. Uh, it started life as a Japanese dry lager. Right. We kind of call it international pilsner because it kind of embodies a lot of different ideas when we put it together. And when I... People are like, oh, another Pilsner. I'm like, not another yeah, Pilsner. We got to try it. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. you should try some yeah. beer from Matthew. We took that one out on the yeah. boat. I remember we did, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's I, th- I think the one thing I'd like about you guys is I think um, you can go to a lot of breweries, obviously in San Diego and North County in general, and you're going to see a lot of the same things on the menu. I think you got a lot of unique stuff here. Yeah. So I think from, for someone that's looking for something a little different and, and, and check, you know, again, to expanding their palate and expanding yeah. their, their taste, kind of, uh, this is a great place to come and you're going to find some things that maybe you thought, you know, guys that, like, oh, I don't drink lagers, that kind of stuff, you're going to find some things that, that are high quality. There's a whole world out there, yeah. man. And so, Clayton told us on the, as he gave us a little tour around in two weeks, there's a Kolsch. That's yeah, right. And yeah, <laughs> Colts is going in the tank tomorrow. We'll be back. Pretty fast <laughs> beer. Traditional Colts. Uh, yeah, it's one of our favorites. It's again, it's a lower ABV beer, so yeah. that four nine five zero range. That's what we like those. We call those the porch pounders. Porch. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they're just easy and approachable. Yeah. So yeah. Well, how about a couple having a couple tasters with us? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, Clayton. What you have you up? brought us to uh, to check out here? Well, we have one of my. Other near and dear favorites, this is Special Lager. All right. So when you come to Epic, you definitely have to try a lager. I will definitely take for myself and pass (laughs) on to everybody else because I I made mine the fullest. That's perfect. Perfect. Cheers. 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 Thank you. Thanks for having us, Clayton. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers. We're not done yet, but thank you anyways. Hopefully the clinks get picked up. Yeah, they're picked up. They're good. Mm. When, super clean. Oh, gosh, Ooh, yeah. It's one of my favorite words when we're talking about beers. And I think when you go to a lot of different breweries, you start drinking the language of their beer. What right. does that mean? When I drink a stone beer, I know the yeast. You know, I can, I can yeah, taste yeah. Their, their IPAs, taste away. And ballast beers, taste it away. And our beers, um, you know, have characteristics that it's sort of like a, a musician. You're like, oh, is that a uh, Eric Clapton riff? Like you right. can tell the guitarist. And I, not to date myself for all our listeners who maybe uh, he's still relevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to this group, to us. <laughs> so when we were is he a rapper, <laughs> you know, you, 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 it's never wise to like plan a beer to be your star beer. Um, just like you can't write a song that's going to be a hit song. But when we were getting open in, in 2016, we were definitely going to make a Mexican lager right from the oh, get-go. I love Mexican and, lagers. And, you know, we, we've how, really? many, how many thousand Tecates have I drank yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that sum, I think it was that summer that year, you know, I think Barrio came out. Right. Barrio Logan came yeah. um, uh, from Thorn. Thorn. Yeah. Great beer. They got kind of beat us to it. And may, maybe Il Smith as well. Uh, I'm not sure if those are the exact views that came out, but there were a couple that came out before us. Yeah. And when we opened, I was like, gee, I want to do something. I was hoping we were going to do something that someone hadn't done yet. Right. We made it all the way to 2016, and no one had made one kind of like prominently yet. Well, we decided to go a different direction. We go, okay, well, there's this whole other population in San Diego that's completely unrepresented. Nate and I had gone out for sushi. We were having maybe a little too many sake bombs. We thought, <laughs> let's open a brew pub. And we said, hey, why don't we make a, a Kirin or an Asahi right. or, or a Sapporo? No one's done that. Or, and maybe somebody had. Right, it certainly wasn't readily available. 
So we sat down and we talked about it, and, and Nate came up with a really, really good recipe. And we had the idea of adding just a touch of American hop mm-hmm. at the end of the brew, at the end of brewing. So in the in the uh, in the whirlpool, or, excuse me, in the kettle, um, not not in the dry hop or anything like that. So it stayed true to the Pilsner style, but just a little bit of. Um, uh, American hop that gives it a little bit of a lemon blossom, though, right. mm-hmm. which is an appropriate style for a Japanese beer, uh, lemon blossom. But it's an American hop, interestingly. Right. So that was our twist. Um, our our ideas of twists are like nerdy little milli- <laughs> millimeter degree <laughs> twists, but the nuance is really what right. is in our eyes is what's important. Right. Um, sure enough, this beer takes off. We cannot keep enough of it in stock. We're only making it 20 barrels at a time, and it has to sit there for five weeks. Yeah. So hence, we need to have a bigger brewery. But um, we call it International Pilsner because it does represent kind of a style that you see around the world. A lot of people use rice as an inexpensive um, starch uh, to uh, help promote fermentation, uh, something for the yeast to eat to con- and to convert, uh, to convert into sugar so the yeast can eat it and pr- produce alcohol and CO2. Well, we took that and we added just a little bit of like sushi-style rice to give it a note of that flavor while still kind of leaning on the really good barley that we use. And in the end, I think it came out really crisp, light, and dry. Yeah, it's a super crisp, clean, clean. Yeah. I mean, even just looking at it, the clarity. Yeah. Um, but it's super clean, crisp yeah. finish. That's actually the attitude I was thinking earlier of all the epic beers. Clean. They're all just yeah. really clean beers. And they look clean. I mean, you see straight yeah. through them. Um, they have a, a clarity to them. And if you're thinking, maybe I don't want to order a lager or a Pilsner because it's beer-tasting taste beer, t- beer, beer, no. No. It has there's a, a lot of flavor to it, too. I mean, like I say, it, 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 I think what you say is where you talk with that support, that kind of thing, but then it's, you've, you've, even those to me sometimes are, they kind of have that standard kind of, just, it's a beer, it's a, it's a kind of a plain, not plain, I guess is the wrong term, but you understand what I'm saying, it's kind of that, so this has got the flavor to it so it's got it's, it takes it like that next enough step. complexity that There's it's got flavor it. yes, but exactly. not where That's you're no longer in the neighborhood right. of, a, of, of a lager or a, of a, one yeah. of the macro right. a lot of macro beers will finish with something that my, I am not the best taste descriptor there's right. really a lot of talented people around yeah. town but I but I know what I knew right. and <laughs> I know that a lot of big macro beers um, remember I probably drank a billion of them before right. I even got into this business finish with what I call a flabby sweetness yeah. And it, it's not a it doesn't it doesn't taste to me now that I've been in the business like they mean to do that. It mean to me it tastes like they don't know how to get rid of it. Right. right. So in this, when you drink special lager, rice gives there's residual sweetness that comes from rice. And it's there up front, but then on the end it should go away. But the the beer doesn't feel thin. Right. It because that there is those uh, residual sugars are long chain sugars. I won't get too into the chemistry, but those long chains fill in your mouth right. a little bit for a lighter beer. And then at the end, the clean alcohol cleans the So it's the got a, just a rich flavor, but smooth finish. There's no aftertaste. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's a good, it's yeah. a good beer. And this is, like I said, if you're coming in at five o'clock after a day at work and you want to have a couple of beers, you have a couple of these, you head home and you're, you're, yeah. you're good to go still the next day. You're not going to feel overwhelmed because <laughs> you've been pounding 7% IPAs. Uh, and pro tip pro tip to the to the men and women out there who are having a beer or two before they head home. Dry beers leave less on your breath than <laughs> less than dry oh, beers. Tip go. of the day. Tip of the day yeah. That should be a new we segment. We are an educational podcast. That should be a new segment. Course, tip so of the day. We appreciate that. We're going to start doing one. Always <laughs> Uber or Lyft if you're having yes, more than I one. But uh, yeah. I would say just uh, for <laughs> educational purposes. For educational yeah. purposes. Right. That is good. So. You learned that in dental school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adjacent. <laughs>
That's hilarious. So, yeah, so definitely one of my definitely one of my favorite beers, and it's fun that we got to yeah. pay, pay homage to uh, again another nerdy thing, uh, Japanese style, which. Um, I don't know, there was a conflict many, many years ago between Japan and Germany and the United States, but a lot of, a lot of lager brewery, a lot of lager, lager brewing was taught to Japanese by Germans, and we sort of honor that, that connection in a sense. Um, so we have all those populations that are connected. We have a German, semi-German style brewery here in San Diego making a beer that um, stemmed from our enjoyment of Every time we go to eat sushi, I drink Sapporo. It's the only time yeah. I drink it. And I'm like, why is it the only time I drink it? Because mm-hmm. maybe I don't love it that much. Right. But it feels appropriate, appropriate in that there. situation. I do the same thing but I get a Peroni when I go have Italian food. Totally. So. This, yeah. makes <laughs> this makes me grape sushi right now. <laughs> there you go. And we could all use a little more fresh fish in That's our diets, right? Watch out for mercury, but otherwise. <laughs> don't get the doctor started. Mm, <laughs> we'll yeah. have a whole other podcast yeah. on that. <laughs> And what's this second one? Now, it looks like we're taking a, a whole different turn with this second one. We are. So I've, t- I've talked all about our, our anality and making clean and dry beers, and I wanted to, to bring something out that's a little bit different. This beer is called Moment of Weakness. Um, there's a story behind that, which I can't share with you now, <laughs> because, because the truth is it really is based in a questionable decision. Uh, moment of weakness. We all have them. Maybe a brew pub's the answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've heard. Usually that solves most problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I said, I said to Nate, we were talking about beers, and Nate writes all the recipes of. of sorry, I'm not passing them out here. That's all right. Nate is the master of recipes for us, and we started talking about something that didn't didn't kind of exist in San Diego. Um, we do all our are souring in, in a kettle sour style. Right. We don't have a barrel age program that's separate um, with infected barrels. Uh, that, that didn't work in our 1800 square foot brewery before. So we said, how can we reach out and kind of touch that that spectrum with the, with, with the ingredients that we have? So Moment of Weakness is an American dark sour with plum and cherry. Mm-hmm. We use all fresh fruit. It is puree. It's from Oregon Fruits. That's where a lot of great breweries get their beer their beer purees from um, because they're sanitary and clean and you don't end up with weird infections that end up in your tanks that you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that okay. was the, that's the setup that we have. You know, like I can't go full feral right. you know, beers here. But I said instead of a... Uh, I'm not a big fan of butyric acid, which is kind of the throw-up-y taste that you can get, or some people call it, don't like, uh, horse blanket. So and there many people are fans of those throw-up-y beers. <laughs> Depends if you like to party, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of well-respected, expensive sour beers that, if I'm just honest with myself, that I've paid for, have those. Right. And the problem is a lot of wild fermentation is the excitement of it is it's uncontrolled. And you may end up with a gem. And you may end up with not a gem. And they're going to sell them no matter what. (laughs) Uh, And that's not a slight I I understand. You didn't sit on that for two years to not not sell it. You can blend it and make it okay. We have much more control with this style. Um, I still love true sours. They're wonderful, especially when you nail one. A lot of stuff from Cantillon or Rare Barrel or uh, Santa Darius. You know, there's some really magical stuff going on in the United States. And um, this was our approach. We said... Nobody's making a dark one. They're all really light. Yeah, right, right. So this beer has roast in it. It's got plum. It's got cherry, those deep kind of almost bourbony and, and wine right, notes right, right, that, right. Uh, that Ben was mentioning earlier. Um, 
It is complex. I always say we're going to make 90, 95% straightforward beers, and I'm, I want to go 5% crazy town. Right. Um, this beer, the people who drink this beer, it is, they are, they come out in droves when we release it, and they only drink this beer. This beer, right. So it's got Because they're not interested in special yeah. lager. Right. At least as much, anyway. Right. I always say that if you have two of those, you're going to end up with a special lager. <laughs> <and you're gonna laughs> That's probably a good idea. It's higher in alcohol. It's right. 7%. So if we try it. Yeah. The, the aromatic on it, it's, you'd almost think you're getting ready for an Oktoberfest yeah. before you sip it. It doesn't, it doesn't um, play its hand. It doesn't yeah. let you know what's coming, does it? Yeah. The minute it rolls over the tongue, a cherry bursts out. Right. Yeah, and, for and sure. Plum Dark really, cherry. Yeah. To me, plum pushes out more cherry to me. Like, there's plum in there. They're almost yeah. equal. Um, I maybe but don't more, eat enough plums. Yeah. So that I definitely get a bunch of uh, cherry coming mm-hmm. out on it. Um, but then as it goes away, it lingers, and then I'm left with exhaling cherry, almost like bourbon, except then then also there's a roasty flavor there for me. Yeah. As we get older, we probably need more plums in our diet. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the thing, I, I think that, that, that when you talk about the bourbon, because a lot of times people will, will get scared because they're thinking like where you really have that that, that yeah. tasting, like that alcohol taste, that yeah. spirit taste, you don't get that at all. No, no. Yeah. It's it, super clean finish. It doesn't taste like a bourbon barrel age no. type beer where, Which it where is. you really right. pick up. And, but I think if people hear the bourbon in it, that's, that's what your mind goes to. I don't pick that up at all. No, no, what at I all. do is just get yeah. the complexity of that on the back end of, and there's more, and we're not done here. There's there's higher carbonation. If there was an adult grape soda that's not you know yeah, not yeah, wine, yeah. Right. It, it almost it goes that direction. Again, right. really unique and something yeah. totally different. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. This is really my is favorite. Good. This is my it's favorite good. epic beer so yes. far. Yeah, wow. I might try a couple more before I'm done, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. but so far Ben Ben is right. So. Uh, that's really good. Like, you know, it's funny. I've had I had the glitz and glam, and I really like that. And and I feel like this is like just the the next step up on it. You know, what I mean, how just, different are those? They're two? Yeah. very different. Right? It's, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, what I mean? yeah. It's a little more more than glitz and glam. It's good. Yeah. Glitz, glitz and glam is meant to be super light, effervescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, very yeah, yeah. fun, sunshine, right. beer yeah. garden. Yeah. This Summer. is this is what have you done to feel shameful about? Oh, do you I feel like that? Wait, wait. Can that be our next question? That's a different podcast. We'll come back. For another one of those. <laughs> I have to tell you about really the time we got kicked out of Tijuana. No, 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 no. That's Joe's story. Than being in jail. Joe's story. Nobody's ever been kicked out of Tijuana. Right. Did you have a brew down in Mexico? <laughs> I haven't done that yet. We have some good friends that brew down there, and I would love to, love to, love to do that. Unfortunately, I moved further away. We were in Golden Hill, and now, and, or I was in North Park, and I was living right, in Golden Hill. Right. Um, uh, there's yeah, some really good the breweries down there. Yeah. And, uh, Certainly wouldn't mind an excuse to go down now, to the beach. And now Mexico. you're our neighbor, though. It's a yeah. good thing, though. Thank you for moving up here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to find yeah. good Cheers. Good Cheers to our new neighbors. Woo, yeah, neighbors! You know, and, I, and it's really cool, like you said, because this is a bit of, probably was a bit of an experiment. It's really cool. I mean, it, it, this is, you guys nailed this. This is, this yeah, is a very good tough. beer. I like to say that, um, so that beer was designed over a conversation in, in the office, of something totally outside of what we've done. But based on Nate's R&D experience with, with like some ingredients, right. it was like, I think these will work together. Kind of like if yeah, you're cooking, you're opening the fridge and you're going, yeah, well, what, am I gonna, yeah. what am I going to put together here? These are all good ingredients, but how do I use them? And I will say that we never have changed this recipe. No, it's good. It came it's, out, yeah. and it, we didn't go, whoops. How exciting is that? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, the, that's the part I like the best. And, um, and why uh, I am his partner, but I look up to Nate in some ways. 
Yeah. You're a tall he, guy. Is he, he a tall guy? Is he he's tall much than shorter than me. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> in some ways. And yeah. a, slower, a slower runner. But he uh, has a way with ingredients. He, he, one, got the experience that came from that freedom working as an R&D brewer and then exploited it. I mean, he squeezed the marrow out of that experience. I love the fact there's R&D in brewing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There, has, there has to be. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Now, the, the trick is between R&D is, is are you taking notes? Are you recording? Are you doing right, small so you can, changes so and seeing can, what those changes yeah. are and recording? That's how you too. educate yourself with, with raw ingredients and, and, and can really make smart choices. So I feel like when we toss up a ball, like in tennis, you're about to serve it, uh, we have a real good look in our minds of where, this, where the ball is going to end up. And that comes from Nate's vast experience and, and a bunch of sensibility from seeing things go wrong. We know? love drinking your R&D. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for sharing your moment yeah. of weakness with us. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's actually, yeah. it's really good. I, yeah. I would say, again, if I had one, this is probably my favorite one. Yeah, it is. Wow. But no, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, wow. I, I think every one I've had. No, not by this, far, because they're all so good. Because it's unique. As I said, this is something that, like, like I think at this point... Um, yeah. You know, where, you, where you're looking, again, for something a little unique. Mm-hmm. I, I think the lager was phenomenal. Um, I, I really like the glitz and glamour. I love the Schwartz beer as well, but I think if I was coming here and I was you know, bringing someone for the first time yeah. and say, hey, you, want, you, gotta, you need to try this. A real beer, beer fan would can, at least, yeah. can at least appreciate yeah. what's going on mm-hmm. in there. And then if you have anyone who's a, a wine drinker or something, maybe not a beer drinker. appreciate it. The, uh, the glitz and glam, glitz and, glam and, and, yeah. and moment of weakness can work for yeah. someone who's, you know what, I'm not, I'm I'm not, not so much a, a yeah. pilsner drinker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and, and the thing is, and what I'm finding, I mean, you may find it, because I'll say this, in my family, I have a bunch of young drinkers, like mm-hmm. recent, new drinkers and that kind of stuff, and so in new drinkers' friends, and um, trying to get them over the, uh, hey, that's a dark beer, so it's got to be super heavy, I can't have that. And uh, trying to educate, baby. Yeah, exactly, trying to educate them. Like, don't look at the color of it yeah. and taste it and... and um, I think there's a lot of people. I think that's that's the vast majority of people that maybe aren't beer drinkers. They they see a dark beer and they go, "Oh, it's too heavy. Absolutely. I would never drink it." But even go, this one, as complex as it is, yeah. it's not heavy. No, that's what I'm saying. But people don't that, know what they're missing. Yeah, they get the sports beer color. with yeah. They get this up is on the color of it. you hear plum, yeah. right? And you and you hear bourbon, and and you, you see the color of it. I I think you would. Yeah. I could see why someone would say, you just described it to me, yeah. and I don't like heavy beers, right. yeah. but it's not heavy at all. That, it's and complex. Uh, and this has yeah. never, tu- never touched a barrel. So when I say bourbon... And that's, that's amazing because it, mm-hmm. it tastes a lot like what... A, but it's a, a subtler barrel age. I mean, you know, you don't, like I'm saying, you're not getting that heavy... You don't right. get the flavors that come from the barrel on this. Yeah. Yeah. Which I get... The roastiness. Exactly, but it has yeah, the roastiness, yeah. but, but it doesn't have that, that... And which I think some people don't like that. So, I, like I said, I yeah, think it's... I don't so, like the... Like, if you're looking for a gateway barrel age beer, this is a gateway <laughs> barrel go. I mean, you We, we never say this. anymore, no. uh, Todd, because we keep saying we don't like something, and then we're drinking hazies, and then we don't like something, yeah. and we're drinking sure. sour. But I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I'm going to I don't like barrel age beer, I'd bring them here and have them have a bunch of these and I go yeah. I love this I go okay now let's go to the next step yeah. you know what I mean because you could go to that next step and then you start to get those get an imperial or something like that that it's you know got that next level but uh, I'm gonna no, get, it's a very good beer I'm gonna have a side note shout out to Epic when you come here is they serve the style of beer in the proper glass yeah that's very good <laughs> we're big glass yeah. guys yeah after reading John, John Hall, Hall we're, we're, John we're big Hall. on the oh, yeah. Yeah. give yeah. it to me in the right glass yeah. will you yeah. and, and that's something that is I tell you, I'd subtle have, I'd and appreciated six gla- I'd have six glasses and then thankfully as a, a budgetary minded owner brewer like there comes a point where you're like yeah, you I can't, can't have 6,000 yeah. glasses <laughs> so we, we did our best and a lot of work went into a lot of samples to pick a really nice tulip yeah a really nice, what they call it the Craftmaster 2 is the tall glass we use mm-hmm. for our yeah. loggers. Yeah. There may be a special glass coming. 
for the Pilsner style Ooh. that oh. we're coming in limited numbers. Okay. That will be for only those light beers because I've always wanted a Pilsner style glass. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Craft Master 2 is very versatile. Come check it out. It's got a nice curve to it. Fits good in your hand. It uh, may be even a little suggestive. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're going to bring in another glass for, for uh, now that we're here. Now we have a little more room. Right. So that excites me. I, again, I would have six if I could, but we're going to go to three full st- full size styles and then and then our taster glass yeah. size as well. So tell us more about people that might be interested in coming to your lager festival and getting mm-hmm. tickets to that. When is that? How do you Yeah, get so we have we have not announced tickets yet, but we'll be looking out on uh, Instagram and Facebook for Lager Legends. Lager invite Legends. Lager Legends invite only. Ooh, lager only. That is exclusive. It is exclusive. Food? Uh, there will be food, food nice. trucks. Um, the tasting room will be open on nice. its own independently. And we will also have the festival that will have some of your favorite lager breweries from not just Southern California, but California. And we, we may have some out-of-staters. We're trying to keep it That's California. Cool. The month will be what month? Uh, June. 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 Well, you didn't have any crux. And you bring that Schwartz beer. Yeah. So you can put yours side by side. <laughs> yeah. fun, fun fact about Schwartz beer, it's almost like, it's almost like 90% Pilsner malt. So when you think of when people say, really? I worry, it's heavy. Well, the, the 90% of that body is made up of the same thing that you would As drink in a light beer. In a light beer. So that's a fun fact for those out there. So is it the roasting that darkens it up? What, what makes what well, dark if it? I told you everything, oh, sorry, oh. sorry, sorry. you would be a dentist. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, I, so yeah. people that want to go to this in June, you need to get on your site. Get on there. Get out. Well, here's what I recommend. We've got some warm. Everyone listening wants to go to the Lager Fest. I, I, I want to. You got to do some warm up events. Yeah. We've got Stark, yeah. Stark Beer Fest okay. coming up. Yeah. Get on the there website. Check okay, that okay. Out. there you go. There you go. Work, walk work up with you. some heavy you lifting. Crawl before you walk, then we're going to downshift for okay. Frulings Fest, which is okay. the spring festival okay. down on the okay. waterfront. Oh, and then waterfront. Yeah, where? On the waterfront. Point Loma Beer Garden, the waterfront beer garden. Uh, we're going to have a tent there, German food. I'll be wearing Lederhosen. Oh, You'll be wearing yeah, Lederhosen. Yeah, I have some Lederhosen hanging That's a normal weekend for me. Yeah. <laughs> and in San Diego, you can yeah. rock flip-flops yeah, yeah. and Lederhosen. Yeah. Or boots, yeah. whatever you're into. Yeah. And then once, once you've tuned up that palette, then it's time for, for Lager, Lager Legends yeah. in, in Lager <laughs> Legends. Yeah. I can't wait. I gotta put it on my calendar. Like, so there's no date set yet. Yeah. Like, just put it on your calendar. Yeah. June. Yeah. You never June. check. Late. You never month. check your calendar. I'm highlighting put it on your the calendar. whole month. Late, late June. Shit, yeah. I'm going to Indonesia in, in late June, but hopefully before yeah. late late June. Yeah. Well, so, I'm sure he'll adjust it for your yes, calendar. Yes, please. So. Before the 20th. Because he's not running a business. <laughs> follow Instagram. Follow on Instagram and Facebook. Dates will be announced. You want to be there. Regular listeners know how many episodes we've had without the doctor to know how much we bend our schedule around his, his vacations. Uh, uh, Clayton LeBlanc, founder, brewer at Epic Brewing. Thank you so much. Folks, if you're in San Diego proper, you got to head out to Shelter Island. Uh, you won't regret it. It's a beautiful facility. But as we've told you before, if you're coming out to San Diego, you've got to head up to North County. It's becoming a place to be within a, a place to be. It's a yes. of, of craft breweries. Within right a now. mile of here, you've got lots of good breweries. Yeah. Vista, but, California. Come check it out. It's Epic Brewing. Uh, Clayton, thank you so much. Man, it's awesome. Clayton to be here. Uh, thank you guys it. for yeah. coming. And thanks, Ben. We're going to stick around, yeah. but as far as the podcast goes, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a tin and a fiber, a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.